the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Today's task is typically prepping for tomorrow. But another day, another dollar on the Thanksgiving Eve of COVID-2020. Seems kind of ominous, does it not? Feeling stuffed already on Wall Street? Get it? Get it? Feeling stuffed already? Yeah. Uh, We've had a good year. We've had a good day. We've had a good month. We've had a good year. Today, the eve of Thanksgiving, not so much. Another 778,000 Americans filed new unemployment claims last week. And again, when we went under 800, we said, now let's go under 700,000. And then we started seeing the pandemic numbers spike as far as diagnoses and hospitalizations and people's moms and dads at the hospital and hospital saying, we're almost at full capacity. We're moving from the ICU to the COVID ICU to we are not going to treat you because you've got severe symptoms and we're going to try to treat people that do. And that's leading employers to go, wait, 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 wait. Um, It's turning winter and COVID spiking. I better cut the biggest cost of business to me and fire a couple people. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go in the cold and snow. Um, so the joblessness numbers rise today, and yesterday the Dow hits a record all-time high, 30,000 plus. The S&P 500 was in record territory. The NASDAQ, not so much, but pretty close. The Russell 2000 having a pretty good push um, as a reopening kind of play. Long-term, I like the Russell 2000. Short-term, it's always going to be a little bit volatile, so you have to be comfortable with that kind of – I don't mind going on roller coasters. I don't mind hitting an airplane and hitting turbulence. Um, doesn't bother me that much, but you get the idea. So we're seeing mixed markets today. Some markets are a little bit worse than others, but they're all down. That's across the board, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell. It could be that we've had a great year in every one of those indices except for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, especially in lieu of COVID. But again, COVID, the markets are looking at six months ahead. Oil's slightly higher. I'm encouraged by that. That's a worldwide opening, reopening play, so to speak. Um, I think the Trump administration said, hey, we can start flying to Europe again now that we have more cases than they do. And Europe's going to be like, no, you cannot come. We are closed. Gold's higher, silver's higher. That's expected on a day when the jobless numbers were high and stimulus is expected to come and save the day. I've heard a Democrat senator now say, let's just do a short-term stimulus. Let's not try to go for the whole kit and caboodle right now. Maybe we can win those races in Georgia and in the runoffs, and maybe then we'll go for the, the caboodle. Let's just go for the kibit. I don't even know what this means, and I'm talking about it as if it's legitimate terms. Are you with me? Are you against me? Uh, what else is out there today? Uh, markets are a little lower. 
little tryptophan kicking in early on Wall Street. We're a little sleepy. Um, so far in this month, you know, I told you there are also 2,000 small cap companies and it's a reopening play in the United States, up 20.5% for the year. Energy sector is up 30 – no, I'm sorry, 20.5% for the month. Energy sector is up 38.8% for the month. Wow. And with oil at $45 a barrel today and expectations of a pickup next year, there could be some play in that still and in the transports for sure. They kind of – I'm not going to say they go hand-in-hand because they don't. But with COVID reopening, there's a similarity. Dell, Gap, HP, Nordstrom, VMware, American Eagle Outfitters, and Deere, all very well-known companies, all doing pretty well. They all surpassed consensus expectations. But here's the problem with that. If I haven't been going to the gym – in the last six months, I might tell you, yeah, by the end of the month, I'm going to be able to bench press 150 when I used to be able to bench press 250 and 200. I'm going to lower the expectations and I'm going to come in at 175 and you're like, ooh, he beat expectations. But I lowered them considerably from previous years. Uh, durable good orders for October. Um is out on the table today. It increased 1.3% following up early revised 2.1% increase. Key takeaway in that is it provides a positive input for fourth quarter. Initial claims the week ending, like I said, to hit 778,000. That's probably what's painting the market with a negative today. It's a reflection of the new challenges for the labor market that have been triggered by a surge in coronavirus cases. And restrictions ultimately don't don't travel during Thanksgiving. Don't travel during Thanksgiving. Sometimes when you travel during Thanksgiving, you stop at a gas station, which is a mom and pop. Or you stop at a convenience store, which might be a mom and pop. Or you buy a bottle of wine for your family, which might be from a mom and pop. So we're kind of turtling up, me included. Sales for October. Uh, new home sales which, again, is another key economic indicator. Yesterday we saw home prices kind of surge on low mortgage rates. I did a little bit of napkin math. And if you have a 3.6% or higher mortgage, you might want to consider a refi to 2.75 if you have excellent credit and if you have uh, income to support that payment going forward. What I would do is if I had a 3.6% mortgage and I could get into a 275, I would. And the money that I save in the mortgage payment, even though I'm adding more years back on, more than likely, the money that I would save in the payment, I would automatically save and invest. But that's me. And someone who owns a cafe up in um, Napa emailed me and he said, what would you do? I'm like, dude, I don't know you. Um, I'm not in bed with your wife or your girlfriend. I'm not running your business. I'm not, you know, I don't have your children to support. I can't tell you to take out a mortgage and save that money because I don't know what your expectations are. <clears throat> One of my good friends is a financial planner and he saved no money. He spends all his money. Um, I work in the financial planning industry. I am not a financial planner, but I save a lot of money. 
we're all very different beasts and it's not smart. It's not wise to point fingers and say, tell me what to do. You tell me what to do and I'll do that. So anyway, I'm digressing. Hey, a weird moment in history. Sergino Dest became the first American to score for FC Barcelona. I know you're saying, what's that all about? Um, Sometimes businesses and opportunities and careers slowly open up. I've always said that in my lifetime, I want to see the United States win a World Cup again. Because last time we did it, the world wasn't a world yet. (laughs) It was post-World War II. And things were a mess. But um, I bring that up in large part because people are getting more qualified and it's much more competitive. When I grew up playing soccer, all you had to be able to do was run a mile and six miles and you're considered athletic enough to play soccer. Now you have to train year round. Competition is a good thing. It leads to breakthroughs. I don't like what we've seen from COVID. Ultimately, there are some positives on what we've done scientifically. The deep freezing of antidotes and vaccines could be a major breakthrough because we've always gone with a refrigeration model. Not the deep freeze. Anyhow, we'll talk about that and much, much more. I've got a good show for you. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. If that's a thing, you can find me online at robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com. I'm going to be launching a new podcast probably in April of 2021. I'm going to be spending December and January coming up with production elements and themes. If you want to send me an email, rob at robblack.com would be great on anything that you want put in. I plan it to be something that you could play for your grandmother as well as you as well as your granddaughter. Um, I want it to be all-encompassing. It will not be the news of the day. It will be purely financial lessons. Um, I think this is much simpler than people give it credit for. And I think we make trouble in our lives by thinking, A, that person's smarter than me. I'm going to trust him. And B, I'm smarter than him. I'm going to trust only myself. Um, I think education on financial professionals and education financially yourself is what it's going to be all about. So I need a good title for it. It could be like called the Financial Education Series podcast. It'll be exclusive only to podcasting, but could be found at the radio station that you're listening to. So I don't want to like turn on them because radio has been very, very good to me. That's not my interest at all, in fact, <laughs> if you were to be fair. So employment news is worse than expected today. That's not great. John Deere had a blowout earnings, and that's good news for Caterpillars and other big industrial uh, industrial equipment type of companies. John Deere makes tractors. John Deere makes things that push earth. John Deere makes things that roll on cement. Uh, they make big engine, big 
boy toys, so to speak. And excuse me for the sexism saying they're big boys because I know big women or women. I'm not saying big women. Oh, my gosh, I got my foot in my mouth. Let's just say it's big industrial equipment and it's not quite like a go-kart. But it also tells you that farming is coming down the road. It also tells you that maybe a transportation bill is coming down the road. So I'm okay if you were to say I want to own Caterpillar or John Deere. Now, the thing I'm going to ask you to do is everyone in the world knows about those companies. So I would say take a look at the stock. Start here with your research. I would like to add a big company that makes things that we need in the world. I've seen that show, The Amazing Race, and I know that they need more roads. I know that they need more telephone poles. I know that they need more buildings and more copper pipes. Um, these are the companies that you could own that play into the expanding of the world from third world countries to industrial nations. Or I don't even know if that's the right political thing to say anymore. But I once went to Australia and someone said what it's like. I said, well, it's probably like the United States 50 years ago. But don't worry. They'll get to where we are. Um, so I think Deere's numbers were very productive. Are you going to make money every year in it? No. You're going to get a little bit of a dividend and you're going to be basically playing infrastructure build out and roll out and farming in the world, which I don't think we're going back to sticks and stones, although that would be nice. This is a freaky one. Peru just issued a 100-year bond at a yield of about 3.3%. I don't know how I feel about that, but a 100-year bond is a long time to wait to get your money back. <laughs> anyway, now I'm digressing and I'm laughing at my own jokes. Um, Dow climbed above 30,000 yesterday. I didn't have a party, no champagne. I didn't pour beer all over my own head, although that sounds like fun. Um, the Dow's not the best index in my mind. If you were to tell me the Wilshire 5,000, the Wilshire 3,000, the Russell 3,000, you were to tell me the S&P 500. I don't even like the S&P 500. Like, I'm going for a more wide index. But, so I'd say the Russell 3000 or the Wilshire 5000 would be the two that I like the most. The Target got an upgrade as the retailer looks like it's winning the competition. Winning. Charlie Sheen, we miss him and his tiger blood, do we not? Target's edging higher today. After an upgrade from Argus Research, which argues that rising traffic at the big box retailer shows it is gaining market share and can keep winning post-pandemic. Market share is important. Um, with a company like Target, they benefit anytime someone else other than anytime someone else goes down. And let me give you an example. Toys R Us, the world's biggest toy store, Toys R Us, the biggest collection, Toys R Us. Did I have a fascination with toys as a child? You bet. Although I never really liked giraffes. Although there is a hotel in South Africa, in Africa, where you can stay and giraffes wake you up by licking your face because, well, they get fed that way. And that would be kind of cute, maybe. <laughs> but then again, I might bite my own tongue off in shock if I were to wake up with a big tongue looking at me. Hey, hey, hey. Don't go all French on me. Um, oh, oh, oh. So anyway, Target's doing a nice job, and they're outshining even Walmart's excellent quarter. This is an example of Amazon's doing great, Walmart's doing great, Target's doing great. Toys R Us, not so much. Habits are forming now that are going to linger after COVID-19. I will probably continue to use Instacart. 
after COVID-19. Not 100% sure. But the amount of time that I save walking a grocery store and then you get your groceries and then there's like one line, I'm like, I can justify that. I do the shopping to my family. Um, I do the cooking to my family. I do the cleaning to my family. I earn a lot of the bread in the family. <laughs> I know you're saying, she must be so lucky. I have some problems. So I'm a pleaser and I also have some anxiety issues. But I don't take any anti-anxiety medicine. So GoodRx is a great app. And last week we learned that Amazon's going to get into the drug delivery business and a discount pharmaceutical business. When I say drug delivery, I'm not talking about marijuana and hash. For that, you're going to have to go to Amazon's competitor. Uh, let's see if I can come up with something crafty. I can't. I can't. I'm trying to come up with a cartel name, the Sonola.com. Is that is that close? Fine. I, I'm not good at that one. I don't know my drug cartels as well as I should. But anyway, um, GoodRx got hit last week, and they're like, "Yeah, that doesn't really concern us because we're really focused on the Walgreens, the CVSs, um." The Rite Aids, uh, not necessarily the delivery companies. We're, we're, for people who want to go shop their own pharmacies, but at the same time, you got to feel like there's a little bit of a punch there. The mail order pharmacy business is more challenging than simply boxing up drugs and shipping them off, mostly because there's a giant insurance industry working behind the scenes. Amazon may run into some hiccups, and that may be an opportunity that you got last week to get some good RX. I like the stock. I like the idea. I don't own any. But then again, I'm looking at the insurance companies because that's brought up in the story. Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross. Cigna publicly traded, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things. You can't beat them. Sometimes you join them. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Usually, I don't work the day before Thanksgiving. I'm trying to sneak in a longer weekend. Here's Patrick.com to talk a little bit about it being a different kind of year. The COVID 2020 year, let's do a little reflection. Let's talk about where we are and where we might be going. He does the big picture um, with. Briefing.com, he does the uh, opening commentary salvo, if you will, of what's working and what's not working on Wall Street with a page one. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thank you. Good year to be thankful for returns, even at all, in my opinion, with COVID. We've had a very good year on the NASDAQ, a nice year on the S&P 500. The Russell 2000 and the Dow are playing a little bit of catch up, but... The Dow hits a record high, 30,000. I would never have thought that going into the year, but here we are. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I characterize it really as a year of relief, you know, for investors. I mean, if you look at the numbers themselves, sure, they, they're, they're really good. You know, you would take, uh, you know, 12% price return on the S&P 500 any, any year, you know, that's before dividends. Uh, But then, uh, you know, I don't think, there weren't a lot of people that were expecting us to be talking about that at this point <laughs> of the year. Uh, 
in early March. You know, to say then that, you know, the S&P 500 was going to be up, you know, 12% at Thanksgiving, um, you know, was really an outside, you know, an, an out of the margin forecast, I think. So, um, so that's why, you know, there's been so much that's happened, obviously, in the interim, seeing a tremendous wave of fiscal and monetary policy support that really turned the tide. There's no question about it. And, uh, and you've just seen, you know, market participants and embrace, uh, well, or maybe perhaps try to forget 2020 in any way, shape or form as it's played out and have fully embraced what they expect is going to be a lot better health, economic and earnings news in 2021 and are just trading off of that proposition. Concept of as in my career of doing financial media and working with investment advisory firms in the past, I always had a fear of um, you know giving away too much money, too much government stimulus. But you just said it worked. Um, I think this year you said something like eh, it still hasn't really created a lot of inflation in the last twenty years. So maybe we should still engage in it. Um, putting words in your mouth, but are you a little surprised that we're not stimulus thrown in in right here right now? Because, um, like you said in the past, or like we've said, or like I've put words in your mouth, um, it seems like we need it, and it doesn't seem like it's hurting anything. Well, you know, in the here and now, it doesn't look Other than the deficit, right? I mean, you're right. You know, um, everyone, you know, likes to get quote free money <laughs> in a way, but it's it's not free in the end. But uh, but there's no question uh, it's it's helped the stock market um and you know and, and it's there's certainly been economic benefit to it as well but yep. um but you know sure there's certainly a case that can still be made for why we need additional stimulus you know you have over 10 million people that are are still unemployed uh, many of whom would never have been in that position if you didn't have this this you know this natural or this this pandemic and uh, and what you're starting to see too is really a a tick up in the number of long term unemployed workers, which is which could be which is really concerning because you know that that would suggest those workers may end up not finding a job, you know, or it's going to take them a really long time to get, to get into the workforce back at a level they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I think we can all go right down the the neighborhood block and look at business closures and you know restaurants and bars and whatnot uh, that have been severely impacted by this pandemic and once again are in the, you know, you know, being caught up again in in the need to try to restrict uh, the spread of the virus. Um, So, so certainly there's a case to be made that, you know, more stimulus is is needed, uh, probably more targeted stimulus. And, um, but, you know, as I look at things objectively as a market analyst, um, there is just zero question whatsoever that the stock market has loved the idea of uh, the stimulus that has been presented and still loves the notion that we're likely to see more. And uh, and it's just using that as the bridge to what it hopes is going to be a much better 2021. And it's not worried about any, you know, repayment consequences um, for financing that that stimulus effort and uh, it's certainly not overly concerned right now we can see in the treasury market it's not overly concerned at all about inflation uh, taking off anytime soon and lo and behold the personal income and spending report for october we saw today showed a deceleration in the year-over-year 
uh, rate of increase for the PCE price index, which is the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. You know, it's at 1.2%, and the Fed wants to get to an average inflation target of about 2%. So very interest rate-friendly report there, and uh, it's not going to ring any alarm uh, inflation alarm bells right now. Okay. Um, so I kind of got the premise in some of your words that stimulus is needed. And I was trying to lay down like maybe 20 years ago, I, was, I wasn't anti-stimulus, but I've come, I've become much more open-minded to it. Is that fair that maybe we've learned a lesson that it helps the people, it's government money, which is taxpayers' money, it goes back into the system, it gets people working again. But I still like the infrastructure bill angle because I get a good road out of it. My taxes go to someone to create a job. And Are there types of stimulus that you want to see from the next administration or is there any preferences, preferences, any thoughts? Okay. Well, I think you're, you're spot on there, Rob, and, and really not to try and inject any type of political bias here. Fair, you fair, know, fair. I would, I, I, yeah, I'd simply say that, you know, with, with interest rates as low as they are, and I think a, a universal acknowledgement that our country can, can do with some infrastructure improvement, right. To, to, to prep itself for the here and now, and also to ready itself for, you know, for the future. Um, it is an opportune time to try to take up probably increased infrastructure spending activity because you can finance it at, you know, pretty, pretty low rates. Um, and, uh, and so sure, I think there's a good argument to be made there. And, and it's just, again, it's like trying to get, you know, both sides of the aisle on the same page uh, with proper approach um, to, you know, to taking that, taking that on. But um, that's no slam dunk by any means as we continue to see day in and day out here. But, um, but yeah, there's an opportunity there that probably, you know, we can all benefit. It's something that can benefit everybody really uh, to see the, the country's infrastructure uh, upgraded. Sounds about right. Sounds about good. Um, Janet Yellen being named to the Treasury. Um, she's a woman. She's been a Federal Reserve banker, a Federal Reserve member. She's got a great history. It seems like a very not safe bet, but a wise bet by the Biden transition team. Um, at least Wall Street seems to think so. She's not going to be too progressive, is the thought, which, again, it gets kind of political when we're talking about this, and even when you try not to. Uh, any thoughts on Janet Yellen potentially taking the Treasury? Well, you know, again, I'll speak as a market analyst, and they, and it seems to be something that's sitting pretty well with uh, with the market because uh, you know it knows that Miss Yellen has a history of being pretty dovish, and you know you pair that with Fed Chair Powell, who <laughs> certainly has developed a, a reputation for being very dovish. And, uh, and, you know, the market's kind of seeing good things as it relates to, you know, to stimulus efforts in 2021. So, um, you know, but, uh, it, again, it, it's not something that can just, you know, happen. I mean, you're still going to need some congressional support there. Um, you know, we're seeing that even this morning in this morning's headlines with the, the money that was recalled from the Fed from the other emergency programs that were um, recently shut down, you know, have been routed to a fund that if, uh, let's assume Ms. Yellen does get the nomination and, and gets approved, um, you know, would still have to go to Congress to, to, you know, get the approval for those funds to be, you know, reappropriated. And uh, 
So that's what I mean by it's not necessarily slam dunk, but I think that the market itself, though, sees a, a nice uh, uh, combination uh, in terms of being market supportive with uh, who the respective heads are likely to be at the Fed and, and the Treasury Department for at least the next uh, you know year or so. There's some talk that Mr. Powell could be replaced when his term expires in 2022. But until then, um, it's clearly a, a supportive uh, team uh, as it relates to the market outlook. We've got about 45 seconds. Any last thoughts that you want to get out before Thanksgiving, sir? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm actually not writing a big picture this week. Um, I'm okay. kind of taking Friday off, <laughs> but Good for you. I guess I would just use this opportunity to, to thank you, Rob, for, for allowing me to participate in your show every week and, and to thank your listeners for taking in what I have to say. And, and I know I, not everyone agrees with what I have to say all the time, but I uh, certainly appreciate their, their ear and, and the opportunity I get to speak with you every week. You are the best, super classy, super smart, and you are helping people get to retirement. So thank you and have a good time with your family as best you can because it's a weird, very odd 24 months for all of us. It's uh, <laughs> it's taking longer to play out than we want to. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, an excellent source of information on Wall Street. He's been with the show for 20 years. It is the craziest thing for me to say out loud. Um, but I think he adds a heck of a lot of value. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. You can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. We're having a good year, everyone, all things considered. I know, not for people who've had COVID, not for people who lost their jobs, but for my world, Thank you very much. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Not the most masculine band to end a segment with, to end an hour with. Very appropriate. Thanksgiving. It's a very loving song, very feminine song. Feels like 2020 could use a little bit more of the feminine influence in the world. Man may have taken seven days to build Rome or 14 days to build society or whatever days to build the earth, but women refined it. Seems like we could use a little bit of refinement going on right now if you're just asking me. Taking a look at the markets today, the 10-year treasury, a sign of volatility as we close out Thanksgiving month. Not the month, but the idea. It's getting close to the month. Let's see. By the time we come back, Thursday's close. Friday's a half day. Monday is the last day of the month. So we only got like two and a half days left of the year. Um, another 778,000, one and a half days left in the month. I'm babbling. 778,000 Americans filed for new unemployment claims. That's a bad sign. It's a sign that COVID started to spike again and people are in the hospital and shutdowns are happening. Would the economic data be as bad without the shutdowns? We can argue that. Who cares? Um, I, well, I care because I have a job. Like, I get it. I care because my mother's in the hospital with COVID. Um, so we all have opinions. 
yesterday we hit Dow 30,000. It was pretty glorious in a big round number, but it doesn't mean anything. Bitcoin's above 19,000. That's pretty interesting to me. Again, for a second time, last time it was here, it went down to 3,500. That doesn't portend like comfort, but it's also telling you that like there's something to this story. Um, especially when PayPal and not Venmo, but PayPal and Square have started to accept it. Silver's a little higher, gold's a little higher today, probably on stimulus thoughts. Next leg higher should be for this market, stimulus. Then some anecdotal evidence on the vaccine working are the positives, the negatives to the market right now, higher unemployment, more layoffs, um, restaurants closing, businesses closing. Maybe we don't get as much Christmas spending as we want, or maybe we do. That, that's I'm going to call that one a neutral. Another you know potential negative for this market would be um, stimulus isn't enough. Uh, maybe it would be negative if the Democrats win Georgia in the Senate, because it would be thought that maybe Biden will be able to raise taxes. Right now, the Senate and Republican control, the House and Democrat control, and the presidency and Democrat control implies probably not. A lot in tax rule change, but it could. And again, I have skin in the game. I have some biases, and I try to keep them contained for shows like this. Doesn't always work. Weird anomaly today. I'm seeing a lot of red on Wall Street. Um, oil's higher today, which is positive in the back of my head that it's at 45. I don't like seeing oil at $20 a barrel or $30 a barrel. I don't like seeing oil at 85, 90, 95, 100. I like oil in that sweet spot of somewhere between 40. It's a little bit on the cold side. And 60, it's a little bit on the hot side. So the Dow's down. The S&P 500's down. The Russell's down. All after all three had a good day yesterday, particularly the Dow breaking 30,000 and the Russell with the biggest percentage gain. NASDAQ's slightly higher, and I'm like, oh, no. What are we doing here? Are we doing that once again, that whole creepy, we really only know Apple and Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix. Are we doing that today as kind of a, the pandemic numbers get worse? We're going to continue to support the big boys who have the great cash flows and the product that we consume during lockdowns? I thought that trade was over in the short term. I still like the midterm and long term of it, but I thought it was over and I don't know. It's tough to put a hardcore finger on it. Um, elsewhere out there, let's see if I can find some of the more interesting last thoughts. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, um, I kind of put uh, our last guest on the spot without trying to, but as a Federal Reserve governor, she ran policies that tried to get full employment, not just employment for the rich, not just employment for the poor, but full employment. She kind of has a pretty good grasp of the economy. I would love to see a, a woman in that position. Um, Treasury Secretary, I think it's it's about time. Um, but with her experience in banking, it, it almost complements Steve Mnuchin's career in banking but he was more on the brokerage side, on the security side, and she was more on the banking side. So I, I get it. We're going to see a coronavirus relief package 
maybe by the end of the year if our Congress and president are doing their job. Um, but maybe not. I don't know how petty things are out there, but let's just put it this way. Nothing is beneath uh, – nothing would surprise me at this point in time. The Trump administration may try to privatize Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and that could be one of those last-second curveballs that we didn't see coming. The housing industry, my father taught me a lesson, and this is a good way to end this hour. Uh, he owned shares of Fannie Mae when he was live, and it was a great investment. They were publicly traded, and they lent money to you, the public, to buy a home. And they charged a reasonable rate, and they were a little bit of a government-sponsored entity. They had a bit of a mandate to get funding in people's hands, and they had a little bit of a greased uh, gear to make sure it happens. I get it. It, it had its purpose. But government-sponsored entities are problematic. Right now, the United States government's making a ton of money on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac because they bailed them out, and a large portion of their profits go back to the government. Our government actually bailed out companies and actually turned huge profits, huge profits. Now the Trump administration says, let's make them private again. If they want to go public, they can go public, but they shouldn't be tied towards the government in any way, shape, or form. It's a regulation that I can sit on both sides of the fence and see the positives and the negatives. 